Houston Stance are the official socks of Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, and your favorite podcast, The Bunt. The new skate line has extra reinforcement in all the right areas, your heel, your toes, and your lateral foot, as well as moisture wicking and reinforced shins. The full forefoot of the sock is knitted in mesh to improve ventilation. It's the perfect sock for those long days in the streets. Hey, Dons, I got mine on. You got yours? Yeah. Let's hit the streets after this episode, dog. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. All right, y'all, y'all know what it is. We coming live from Boston. It's Title Town. But before we get started, we just got to apologize. The sound quality is going to be a little bit worse this week. But you know, the show must go on. I'm Dee Jones. He's the ghost. And as always, Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool ting. Yo, say, what we got popping this week? Yo, Studio E got turned up this week, blood. The one, the only, Stevie Williams came through, blessed us with an interview. You know what I'm saying? Brace yourselves for that one. And you know what I'm saying? We're going to do a little quick post office ting and bang all over the head with some sports. You feel me? <laughs> Let's get it. All right, before we get into the interview, make sure y'all like us at Facebook at The Bunt. Follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. And keep sending them emails to thebuntlive at gmail.com. And yo, don't forget about our contest, y'all. Go back and listen to last week's set. You might be able to get a chance to win free instant socks for a year. We wanted to interview Stevie, you know what I'm saying? Because he's a legend in the game, inspiration to so many around the world still. One of the most G dudes to ever step on a board. You know what I'm saying? He's a skateboard mogul. Bow down and kneel to greatness. I do up the <laughs> In Stevie's prime, he skated for DC Shoes and Chocolate Skateboards, eventually leaving Chocolate to start his own brand, which we all know now is DGK Skateboards. And he's still working on his clothing company, Ashfall Yacht Club. Without further ado, let's tap into the mind of Stevie Williams. y'all y'all ain't ready for this one we got stevie williams in the building what's going on my dog chilling chilling fam how you living we good we good so we start every show the same what's your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment damn that's a hard one my favorite skate moment was trying super hard on this sponsor me tape because i was broke as shit and giving that shit to mike carroll and rick howard and getting on chocolate that was a one of my awesome skate moments and um Basketball moments is when I was in Miami watching game six. I had a feeling that LeBron and them was going to lose the championship to the Spurs. And I was chilling with this girl, and she was like, oh, don't worry about that shit. The game's fixed. They're going to win. And I'm like, bitch, what the fuck is you talking about? Like, they down. It's like zero seconds left. These two motherfuckers ain't winning. And uh, when Ray Allen hit that three and they won that game, I was like, holy shit. I'll never forget that. Man, that was crazy. I know uh I know Safe is not a big fan of that one, but I'm I'm a LeBron James fan, so I fucks with it. 
I actually mentioned it as my least favorite skate moment. Or I sport. mean, sports moment ever. Hey, well, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Spurs all day, baby. Spurs suck too, but they cool though. <laughs> that was a heartbreaker. This year, y'all ain't ready. Mark Gasol, I mean, Paul Gasol, Kawhi Leonard. It's a wrap these days. Well, you still got to worry about the Warriors and the, the Cavs, so it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Well, who's your team now? I'm my team, the Cavs. Yo, wherever LeBron go. <laughs> I love that. Bandwagon thing, eh? I feel nah, it. nigga, I was, on, I was fucking with LeBron after AI retired. Yeah. When he was with Cleveland the first time, he was in Miami. Now he's back at Cleveland. I mean, you can't knock him. You seen what he did? Ain't nobody on the Spurs did anything close to what LeBron did. So, at the end of the day. He's, he's a huge inspiration. Well, I just drafted Steph Curry in my fantasy basketball league, and I'm about to be cheering for them Warriors all year long, baby. It's a wrap. And there you go. Now you on a bandwagon. Get out of here, yo. <laughs> yo yeah, good call, dog. I've been about the Warriors since the Baron Davis days, Monte Ellis as a rookie. I ain't no bandwagoner. Well, so what you talking about the Spurs for, then? Nah, he's a bandwagon team. <laughs> yeah, that's for real. <laughs> it's written all over your face, player. <laughs> so growing up in Philly, skating Love Park, we've heard about the stories with Ricky Oyola and Matt Reason. Give us uh, one of your wildest stories from Love Park. I mean, the only story that I pretty much probably had with Ricky and everybody is when this one dude on PCP had came through talking shit and everybody got a fair share of whipping his ass <laughs> together. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's probably the only, like, memory I probably pretty much had of us together doing anything like as a Love Park squad but it was like it was always tension you know what I'm saying I mean not tension but it was just like nobody was really fucking with us like the DGK niggas you know what I'm saying so like I said we had to sit back and watch I was just like controlled by Ricky I guess and his mob of skaters that like wanted to be pros and sponsored kind of like now I look at it, you know what I'm saying, and me being pro and traveling around the world and doing all of the cool, dope shit, like, niggas was just town heroes at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? So when, like, companies would come to Love Park because of what they built, like Rodney Mullen, Dave Wong, Guy Mariano, Pepe Martinez, Jeff Pang, like, Steve Caballero, James Kelch, Solomon Agai, like, they all came through. But when they came through, they thought that it was, like, on some Ricky and Matt type shit, but they... They came through and DGK was up in that bitch too. So mm-hmm. we got a lot of love, but we never got like sponsored. And um, when they had Love Park controlled, a lot of my homies stopped skating and shit. It was weird. Yeah. That's one of the things that made me want to go to Frisco at a young age to get sponsored because I felt like I wasn't going to get sponsored or turn pro and be respected because of all of the shit that Ricky and Matt was doing for the city of Philadelphia and shit. No disrespect, but we we wasn't on that same shit, but we wasn't getting no light for it, though. Yeah, you weren't getting the same recognition at the time because those guys were there in the city, eh? Yeah, and then none of my homies was put on. Like, it was pretty much just me that got sponsored at a young age. And um, a lot of my homies, they never got sponsored and shit. They was better. It was something that was better than me. A lot of my friends was better than me, but we didn't really have no opportunity to get sponsored. And that's where DGK come from. It was like, you know what I mean? Don't take pictures of them or don't don't take photos of them. Don't get them no shit. They just dirty ghetto kids. Like, that's where all that shit come from. Damn. That's the worst, man. But DGK got it shine in due time. Yeah, because we talking about Ricky and Matt's era at Love Park. We ain't talking about my era and my homie's yeah. era. 
Because after those dudes, you know, after Capital and New York and all that stuff sold and went out of business, like they didn't have no real legit West Coast branded established sponsors. So when that shit was gone, like we had Love Park. And this is before Chocolate. This was just like Love Park just became like, I don't know what it became to other people, but at the end of the day, it was ours. And if you came in with that same Ricky and Matt bullshit, then we was fucking you up from the rip. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts. Straight up. Because all my all my homies that don't skate started a hangout, and they they could give two fucks about a, a Ricky Oyola or Serge Trinowski, even though we had love for them. Like, nah, it wasn't. It turned into, like, hip-hop, graffiti, skateboarding, fucking mischief, all types of shit. So speaking of your era, it's been well documented that you and Josh Kalis are like brothers. No doubt. What's your relationship like now? Are you guys still as close? Yeah, I mean, me and Josh are always going to be close. I mean, that's my dude. That's my brother for life. His family is my family. I might not talk to him every single day, but I just talked to him not too long ago and shit. Like, you know, I'm super proud of him and his accomplishments and feel real blessed and grateful to have somebody like that a part of my life that, you know, gave me some insight on what I could do in my own life when I didn't even see it, you know what I mean? Josh fought a lot for me to pay attention to shit that I just really didn't give a fuck about. You know what I'm saying? And when I start really caring or seeing what he was talking about, shit started making sense, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's like a real brother, man, a real friend that'll push you to a limit that you don't even think you got in it for yourself. Like, Josh is the man, yo. That's what's up, yo. Moving on a little, getting on Chocolate, one of the most influential companies in skating and having your part in the Chocolate Tour. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite memory uh, from those days and what did it mean to you riding for them? That shit meant everything to me. I mean, I got so many great memories with Chocolate. I just It's hard to just pick one. But just Rick Howard in general, Mike Carroll, Sam Smythe, um, Kelly Bird, Jason Calloway, uh, Stacy, Megan, like everybody in the warehouse. It was dope, man. I, I was really a part of a lot. Charon, Tony Ferguson, Keenan Milton, Richard Mulder, like Eric Costin. It was it was dope. I was actually, when I first got on, I was nervous. Like, holy shit, I hope these dudes don't think I'm like this crazy troublemaking nigga from Philly, which I was. But <laughs> I told Rick, I'm like, man, I, I couldn't thank you enough for uh, giving me this opportunity. And, Whatever I can do to show you guys that I really appreciate it, man. Like, let me know. Like, I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm not going to do all of this shit that people think that I'm going to do. Like, I'm really going to take this opportunity and get it popping. And he was like, man, if you do, then you'll get a board. You'll become successful. And, you know, and I was like, shit, I'm finna start right now, my nigga. And that's what I, I haven't stopped. Well, I, I slowed down, but, man, just that spark that I got from them putting me on chocolate just changed my life, you know what I'm saying? That's why I got that shit on my arm, hella big, just to remind myself that if I never got on chocolate, my life would be totally different. So what gave you the confidence to start DGK when you were already riding for one of the top companies? 
what's crazy to be honest is like I never even wanted to do a fucking board company to be honest with you my homie had convinced me to do it and I was with DC and dared it just my life was so fast at the time and these DGK was really like a kind of an impulsive decision to be honest with you but it was one of the best decisions that I made in my life it's kind of like buying the right house you know what I'm saying you don't know if it's gonna really like if you're gonna really love it and um it was hard in the beginning but DGK you know it, it grew me up that's all I can say so how did you stumble upon our boy Wade and uh what made you think he was the right fit for DGK at the time we had a fucking a dope ass brotherhood going on that's one thing that DGK was is really about brotherhood growing up kind of the same being able to like identify yourself be yourself and be a part of this clique and um Wade had already skated for uh for gold wheels and shit and then i seen some tape of this dude he had hard flipped over some stairs or some shit i was like oh, who the fuck is that he's like oh that's wade he, he skates for, he skates for gold i was like oh we need that nigga on dgk what's up with that nigga and i think my man eli reached out and wade was down and that was like one of the happiest moments of my life because i knew that wade had the potential to be who he is today and um if i didn't learn all of that stuff by being around the greats of like Girl and Chocolate and DC and and then being around like low level brands that I skated for before, which is based around like family more than, you know, fame, DGK kind of, you know, it was a part of both of that. Yeah, for sure. You you gotta build like a, a strong click when you're making the team. Yeah, you gotta build a strong click and you know, DGK was like it was uh it was super small. It was really just me, Marcus Lenny. Jack at the time and then we got Wade and that shit just became like Jeremy Holmes yeah Jeremy Holmes was on for a second but he got he had uh we had to let him go damn he was a steezy cat yo yeah he was he was steezy he was steezy but Wade is raw though you know what I'm saying it's cool to look good no disrespect to Jeremy because that's my dog but you know when I seen Wade it was like holy shit like the world needs to see this dude and I'm psyched to introduce them to the world under under my establishment because I wanted people to know and take DGK serious because I was taking it serious. You know, along with KO and um and Nick Lockman and Eli. At that time I was thinking, you know, the odds is, is against me with this brand. So to have like a raw white dude from Canada with crazy style, like you don't see that too often. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. You were like Dr. Dre and he was your M and M. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> For sure. That's that's a good comparison. A, you know, how I look at DGK is like, yeah, we all from the hood down there or had some type of adversity. And even though waiting from the hood, it's something about y'all Canada motherfuckers is y'all just got this, y'all got dope styles up there, man. I don't fuck, it might be some of y'all water or something, but it's a lot of white dudes up there with really dope styles. And um, Wade, Wade was one of them. Yeah, yeah I'll take that, Safer. Huh? I was just chirping Safer because you're, Said all the white dudes up in Canada got the dope steez. Yo, yo, what about me, dog? You ain't seen my tape? Hell no, I ain't see your tape. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. You need to send that motherfucker so I can check it out. I mean, I ain't knocking you, but at the end of the day, ain't too many brothers coming up out of Canada. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to flip the script, Stevie. Is it any any black motherfuckers coming out of Canada? No, I was just trying to brainstorm that real quick. For sure there is. Skaters, though? See, yep. Well, there's Galea. Oh yeah, my man. Yeah, my man Galia, man. Oh, and Wade Fife, Mike Fife. Who? 
Yeah, I remember, I remember Galea. So DGK, RBK seemed like it was going to pop off when it first came about. You guys went on some fun trips and shit. Why do you think it didn't have lasting power? I think it was ahead of its time, to be honest with you. And um, I really didn't even have all of the experience that I needed dealing with corporate because, like I said, everything was moving so fast at that time. I just think that it was just ahead of its time. It really was. It was like before Nike. Because everybody was talking shit about we don't want those main brands coming into the industry. And right. I leaned on a lot of my, my friends and skate shops to support it. Even my partner, Troy, at KO, had invested like a half a million dollars of our money into securing Reebok for the skate shops just in case they didn't want to deal with Reebok. And, you know, it became such a fucking headache. People was really just not, you know, convinced that I can't even front like I gave up. And then a couple of years later, here we go with all of these shops and everybody dick eating Nike and fucking Adidas and Converse. And it ain't really too many like skateboard shoe companies left on the racks now. So I kind of find it funny that they was giving me a bunch of shit for it <clears throat> and then turned around and did it anyway. So I just kind of look at it like it was ahead of, I was ahead of our time. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. That makes a lot of sense. Never really thought about it like that. I try to put my people on. We all ate for as long as we could. Had fun. Traveled the world. Flew first class. Fucked up hella shrimp. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hella drinks and visited pyramids. and It just really connected our, our DGK brotherhood that much more tighter. You know what I'm saying? We ate good. Stayed at dope hotels. I made sure niggas per diems was on point. You know what I'm saying? order from like we had everything that everybody doing right now with nike and adidas and all that stuff like we was doing that with reebok you know what i'm saying we was, we was doing that shit you know what i mean we were skating around the world doing whack-ass demos and trying to you know push the envelope forward for for the deal that i did but like i said at the end of the day we just had our time straight up we did all of that shit that everybody doing now though yeah, I feel like it would be so much more accepted now and wouldn't be seen as something somewhat outrageous as it was at the time. Yeah, and that's, and that's how I look at it. Sometimes people think that the shit that Stevie do is outrageous and <clears throat> courageous. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just see something for skateboarding because I love it. I just like trying to do whatever I can do to push skateboarding forward for regular people to understand it and enjoy it, not be confused on some, like, do you skate vert still type shit? Like, nah, motherfucker, I'm a street skater. So in my mind, my goal was to always make it look cool, do my best on the board, and communicate with people that may not understand it, and do deals that maybe people won't understand either, just to push skateboarding to other people that wasn't paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. That's my job. I'm obligated to do that as a pro. Now Reebok's doing some collabs with like Palace and stuff. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I did all of that shit already before, you know what I mean? It's like the same shoe that as the DGK one too, the like workout classic. The crazy thing about that shit, my nigga, is that it's the same shoe that everybody gave me shit for. Yeah, yo, I skated that, a pair of those, the, the navy blue DGKs, yo. Thanks, Wade. Yeah, yeah, them shits was the truth, man. And That shit was sick. Nobody wanted to order them, this, that, and the third, and then... 
of course I see the Palace one and I'm like, wow, that reminds me of my our shoe. But hey, you know, we was ahead of our time. That's all I could. I can't. I'm not a hater. I'm just like, damn, you know. Ahead of the game. As kids, we always look forward to Transro videos. Word. And the reason was one that probably got worn out in a lot of our VCRs. No doubt. I think we all want to know. Did you ever finish that hard foot back nose grind revert at the very start of your part? I know. I never did. I never even tried it again after that. God damn. We wanted that one. Thought it was coming. I was over that trick. What happened was, people don't know, I, used to, I was skating with a pager on and shit. So when I fell <laughs> on my hip, I had hit my hip on my pager. That's why I was laying there like, fuck. My fucking hip was killing me. I was like, fuck, fuck this stupid ass trick. I'm done. I don't need to do that shit. I, got, I had mad other tricks in my bag that I wanted to, to try anyway. So I just left that one alone. I've never even tried that trick after that one time. Bad memory, eh? Yeah, so it's whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm a weird skater like that. Like, I'll pretty much try something else before I go back to that. I see, I be seeing mad motherfuckers doing it now, though. And you know what? On, on some real shit, to be honest with you, at that time, me and Chet Thomas was hard flip battling. And um, I was knocking so many of them hard flip shits out that, you know what I'm saying? I was like, you know, I know that nigga Chet Thomas will come out and do this shit, so I wasn't really tripping on it. <laughs> yeah, I was just saved that one for Chetty. I think he did that one in the Globe video opinion. Yeah, the Globe video. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's my dog. I love Chet, Chet Thomas, dog. Like, you know, what I'm saying he uh, definitely was an inspiration to me growing up with the hard flips and all of that type of shit. Plus, I had mad other tricks too that I was trying to learn and, and, and fuck with. So I just never got back to that one. Hey, it's never too late, dog. See you shredding up on Instagram these days. Yeah, it's probably too late for that one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even want I would run, I would rather learn like something else than that trick. That trick is kinda of played out now. Cause you know back then doing those tricks first meant a lot. You know what I'm saying? Who did that trick oh, first? It was huge. I would rather try to learn something that nobody ever did than to go back and try to do that trick from the old school. For sure. Nowadays you got mans like Carlos Icky doing them down hubbas. It's crazy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So you know, we'll just leave it at that. Everyone saw what happened at Manny Mania with you and Darren Harper. We had him on the show a few weeks back, and he said you guys are all good now. What's your relationship with Darren like these days? Oh, me and Darren, cool. That's my dog, man. I love Darren to death. I just actually talked to him not too long ago on the phone for like an hour, and um, we talk here and there on uh, through text messages and stuff like that. Like, I got a lot of love and respect for Darren. That was I don't really know what kind of situation to call it, a misfortunate situation, but he um, he's still in my heart. That's my dog. Hell yeah. We, we, we love them happy endings, dog. Two of our favorite skaters. Good to hear you guys worked it out. Yeah, I feel like the whole skate world was like, thought it was some crazy beef for life kind of thing. And then little did we know you guys have been cool for years. Believe it or not, we actually talked that next day. Like, I just never, this is probably the first time I've like publicly ever even talked about it, to be honest with you. Because to me, I, it just kind of made the situation bad in the sense where the skaters wouldn't under, it's like two two family members fighting and shit like you know what i mean it's weird because me and darren grew up with that type of shit but to like display that at a arena like that was just it was like fuck it, was, it sucked 
But we both talked about it, laughed about it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't hold him to it. It's, it's all good, yo. It's all good. Hell yeah. So um, after having a lot of success with DGK, what made you eventually sell the company and uh, why did you decide to take that step back? To be honest, I, I really wanted to, you know, have uh, other endeavors out there to do. And um, I pretty much just wanted KO to, you know, to fuel the fire pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I got it to a point where like I learned a lot and then I wanted to learn some more, but it was going to require me to like let some things go. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't like sell DGK off. I still own it. I just don't like run or control it pretty much as much as I used to. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I still, I'm still there. I'm still a part of DGK. I still love it. It's still in my heart. I'm never going anywhere. I haven't really been on a board visually as much because I've been working super hard on uh, Asphalt Yacht Club and, you know, had a lot of learning experiences. And like I said, before, like earlier, like knowing that I was with Reebok and me being ahead of my time, I was trying to find ways to, yeah, I was trying to find a way to slow down because I want to hit that mark. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be on time. Like, timing is everything. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, I didn't look at it like DGK had its time. I looked at it like DGK is with KO Distribution. And KO Distribution has DGK's best interest. And at a point, I can honestly say I might not have had the best interest for DGK because of my learning experiences, um, skateboarding, like it's a lot to come with owning a, a super successful company. You know what I mean? And I felt as though KO was giving its all to the brand when at a time I don't think I really was. So, you know, down that I understand that shit and me and my partner and my partners, because I have a few different partners with a few different companies, but the time that me and Troy and Eli and Dolly and Layla spent over there growing DGK and growing KO. It just made more sense for me to like let my family hold it down. You know what I'm saying? Like I love those dudes. Like I didn't want to be selfish and try to like hold everything and do everything. And I'm not a power tripping ass dude like that. I'm more like you know what I'm saying. I believe you that you can rock with it. Let me go out there and rock and try to you know cook something else up. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing this for the culture. Like I'm not doing this selfishly for Stevie. Like I do this for the culture. You know what I'm saying? So I looked at DGK was successful enough for it to be ran correctly and i can go and start something new yeah for sure that's what's up hold up one sec i think we got a live report coming in from the streets all right thanks boys live and direct again we're in the streets we're in boston mass and I got another great esteemed guest, Ariel Pearl. Say what's up to the people, Ariel. Hello. Uh, thank you, Wade. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. And we always start this the same way. Where are we at? Who are we with? And your favorite landing juice. We are in the financial district. These are known as the PJ Lad Ledges. I first remember Robbie Ganjemi skating them and like Mike Graham, Vanique. People like that, but now I'm with Dutch Master Delaney, better known as Brian Delaney. Your favorite landing juice? Water. 
I yeah, stopped drinking. There you go, H2O. Keep it hydrated. It's healthy, you know. We'll start it with Bones. Who's Bones? Local legend. We met oh, him, he, but the people don't know. So just give us a little quick. Well, he comes to eggs, and he's. Re- I love Bones, even though he's definitely a um, interesting character. He says a lot of crazy shit. He spits sometimes when he talks. I don't mean to put him out there like that, but it happens. He spit on know, me. Yeah. He apologized. Yeah, though. yeah. He's a, he's a good guy. dude. But I love him. You know, I, w- I wish he'd stop drinking so much hey, it means well his heart's in the right place yeah i wish you yeah now we got to skate eggs this is our first time all of us out here and the hardest thing in the fucking universe to skate is that damn egg that you just <laughs> constantly just badger and just do mad tricks on like what is it about the egg that you like draws you to it first of all you said those really nice things but i look at the shit i did and it's sketchy like it's not sketchy that's clean well I mean, if I pay, I, you just see quick little clips. I pay attention. I see my mob flips mm. and tic tacs and shit like that. So sometimes that's not a bad thing, but um, yeah, everybody's their own worst critic, right? Yeah. The shit you do, like over walls or just on flat, I think is the gnarly shit. Or the, or like, it's about it's about you, Ariel. But um, so very funny. kind, very kind, very kind. <laughs> Since we're on the topic of eggs, anything come to mind about all your long-standing time of being at eggs? Like anything um, crazy you've seen? It doesn't necessarily well, have to be skating. John Wisdom, he's one of the most talented people from around here, and his brother Tommy Wisdom. I think I think of them because I guess John supposedly named it eggs. John Just local Tommy. legends. Yeah, I've seen right. other pros come there too. Steve Durant did like a switch tray flip switch front five zero. On the end ledge, I think. That's a good one. He did front shove blunt big spin. I yeah. was there for that. That was that's a classic. And he ba- oh, I don't even want to say. What yeah, 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 no, that. Would... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop Stay it right there. Yeah, his his, his new tricks coming yeah. coming to a theater a near you. All right, Eric. Well, fuck it. Thanks for your time. Is there anything else you want to just say to the people that are going to be listening to this? People want to know, man. Just have hope. Really important. All right, Jim. Well, yeah, thanks yeah. for fucking being thanks on the lot, show, man. my man. You're like- Oh, come on. And we're sending it back. I'm starstruck to talk to you. Hells no. All right, we're sending it back to the boys (laughs) in Studio E. All right, so speaking of AYC, tell us how did the idea come about, and after a lot of roster moves, where do you plan on going forward with the company? Shit. I ain't planning on going nowhere with the company, but to the top. I mean, shit, I put in a lot of hard work. Um, Like I said before, like, this shit ain't easy. And I learned a lot. And, you know what I'm saying, we're just trying to apply the right strategy for the culture and shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I think a lot of people, like, I don't know, it's weird. Like, it seems like like every time I, I do something and shit, people put, like, a fucking microscope on my shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I definitely open myself up to, like, criticism or whatever. But at the end of the day, I do it for the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least I tried to do something really, really dope. Like I did with Reebok and with Asphalt Yacht Club, like I got a I got a really dope, cool partner with Asphalt Yacht Club. You know what I'm saying? Like he uh, he came through a mutual friend. You know what I'm saying? And he owns a lot of different other brands. And he wanted to do a clothing company. You know what I'm saying? And of course, he has a lot of money. And you know, I wanted to do a dope clothing company too that was kind of different from DGK because you know I'm in the fashion and I'm in the style. And I'm just into a lot of different things. So what happened was, like, you know, he just was like, yo, I want to invest into a clothing company. I want you to fucking put together a dope-ass skate team. And, you know, you, you know, motherfuckers get to talking and chopping it up and 
saying it would be cool to have like a lot of the dopest dudes on one team. Like, you know, it's just like dreams coming into reality. You know what I'm saying? Mixed with a lot of money and shit. So it was like, well, if I can get all of these dudes on one team, that would be fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? And that's how that's how I was looking at it. Like, have all of these dope ass dudes on one team on some clothing company shit. And uh, we pulled it off, yo. I ain't even gonna front. That shit was dope. Like, I don't give a fuck if people didn't like that shit or not. I thought that shit is fucking one of the best things in the motherfucking world. Like, probably because me and my homies pulled it off, but I was excited. You know what I'm saying? I seen a curve in fashion with skateboarding, and it wasn't like on no streetwear shit. It was more like better fabrics, different cuts, people's style changing. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace to Dylan. But, you know, he pioneered a lot of that cool guy dressing different, dressing cooler, skating. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was it was something that was seen by me. And I had a chance to try it out with a whole fucking shitload of dope skaters and shit. You know what I mean? And I don't think people understood that. I think I was ahead of my time with that one, too. Because, you know, we had came out with a party and shit. We had French Montana before he blew up. We did fucking... A Malibu party, we had all of the dopest skaters there. And we had some fucking Hollywood celebs that showed up too. But the crazy thing is, the only thing that people could really possibly see is that fucking Paris Hilton and John Stamos showed up to the party. Like, oh, that brand's whack. They fucking blah, 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 blah. Like, skaters talking shit. So I'm kind of like, damn, that's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I looked at it like I was able to pull off something dope. A couple months later to a year later, like, people started not wearing so much streetwear AAA t-shirts and started fucking with the fabrics that we was fucking with that people didn't understand. So it was like a lot of understanding on, like I said, the timing thing really like means a lot to me. The uh, the way people perceive the moves that I make or the brands that I'm a part of, that really means a lot to me. I care a lot about skateboarding and what people think sometimes because like I said, I do it for the culture. And then, you know, sometimes maybe I just might be ahead of the game. So. It kind of scaled back, like asphalt scaled back with not so many of the heavy hitter names. Fashion changed a whole lot. It's actually changing like more rapidly than people could even imagine, especially with e-com and everything being so crazy, that to actually still have a brand that means something to me, first of all, and to a lot of work that we put in the game, that shit ain't going nowhere. Like as long as I put in the hard work that I need to, do it with the right ethics, the right strategy, the right integrity. Because my integrity isn't off. I didn't like I created this brand and said, oh, fuck skateboarding. Like, I try to get all of the best people. We spent the money in all of the right places. We did all of the right shit. It was just the convincing was, like, absurd on some real shit. So I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Like, the same shit happened with DGK. I started DGK. It took DGK, like, six, seven years for people to even, like, really believe or acknowledge that the brand would even be around this long. So it ain't like I went, I haven't been through it before. And thanks to, you know, fashion, fashion always changes. Skateboarding is never going anywhere. Like, we can have a dope-ass skate team like we have now, have some dope clothes like we have now, some cool marketing plans. I just keep working hard, man, keeping making sure, like, people know that I do it for the culture and not, like, just a bag of money so I can laugh. Like, that's not what I do. Like, I really fuck around and do these deals to push skateboarding forward because that's what I love to do. Skate, make money, chill with my kids, see other people happy, and um, travel the world. You feel me? Most definitely, man. That's what's up. Uh, speaking of celebrities, I know you and Rick Ross have been boys for a long time. 
But what's up with him now trying to sue DGK for 80 grand? <laughs> I know. I mean, those are the things that come with the game. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's fucking, it's $80,000. Like, I know that might seem like a lot to some people. It might not seem like a lot to a lot of people. But, you know, it's business. You know what I'm saying? Like, me and Rick Ross is cool. It's, it's something that KO and him pretty much already worked out. It's, it sucks that it went public like that. That's never good, but at the end of the day, you know, that's kind of some of the things that come with business. You know, you got to take the bad with the good. So, but what I do know is everything is squared up. You know what I'm saying? You know, I kind of kept my nose and my, my hands out of it, but I do know that, you know, everything is squared up. So, they're working on something. It's, it's, it's getting resolved. <laughs> you know, some real shit, how I look at it, everybody owes somebody some motherfucking money somewhere down the line. It ain't like, you know, you might owe your homie $8 or some shit. You feel me? You, you know, there's <laughs> motherfuckers out there that might owe a million dollars, $8 million. You know, it's the fact that it kind of went public and it was a, like, it didn't really make DGK look the coolest. But like I said, it is a brand that has made, you know, a lot of money and been on a big screen in Hollywood for our premiere. Like, you know, we're not a little brand like we was when we first started. So. You know, you got to kind of take some of the good with the bad. All right, so back to skating a little bit. Switch, pop, shove, revert. Where did those come from? And other than yourself, who do you think has the best one? Damn, that's crazy. Well, oh, all right, here, this is where it comes from. I'm I'm, I'm gonna keep it all the way 100 with motherfucker right now. I was <laughs> super blazed one time watching, cause I watch old, I watch old videos all the time and shit, like that's what I do. And at that time I was watching um, the Plan B virtual reality video. Oh wait, it might have been the Plan B questionable video. One of those videos, and Danny Way did it. He did it. Uh, he did it over a quarter pipe, like at a contest. And I was watching that shit. And I was like, I think I was, we were smoking or some shit. And I was like, in the back of my head, I was like, yo, that shit was fucking dope. Like, <laughs> fuck that shit. I'm finna try that shit tomorrow, my nigga. So when uh, we got to love the next day, I was skating and shit, and I was like fucking around frontside flipping up the uh up the ledge because i always wanted to like frontside flip switch manny on that shit so i was like fuck it like bill let's film this shit real quick and uh he uh he filmed it and i did it and i and and then the next time i tried it i almost I, like i almost did it first try to be honest with you and then when i did it my folks like yo what's that i was like oh some new shit i was trying and then the next the, like next couple tries i did that shit and then i did a switch tray after it and I was like, I didn't even know what else to do after that. I was like, I knocked both tricks out. Like, I was like, oh, shit. You know, that's the that's the joy of skating for me. It's like, I get a kick out of, like, I learn tricks on the go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll think of some shit, and then tomorrow I might try the shit. You know what I'm saying? I'll be sitting down, chilling, kicking it, talking shit, smoking weed or whatever with my homies and shit. And then I'll think of some shit, and then I'll just try some shit. Next thing you know, like, the camera right there, like, yo, let's film this. And then either I make that shit, or I don't. <laughs> it is what it is. At that time, at love, you could do whatever the fuck you want to do. So I could skate for 15, 20 minutes and then stop. And then, you know, me and Josh, you know, when we started filming, like, niggas had to sit the fuck down. 
<laughs> like, if you ever notice any of our footage and shit, it's like, ain't nobody skating really in the background like that. Ain't nobody in the background skating. But if you look in the background, this mad nigga sitting down. It's like, nigga, you fuck this line up, dog. You gonna get fucked up. <laughs> you took that shit over. Yeah, we took it all the way over. Like, it was it was dope, man. I, I, I gotta give it up to Josh because he had the vision. And um, once I started seeing it, it was like, everybody was like, you know, we was putting on for Philadelphia at that time. You had Beanie Siegel, you had Eve, uh, Music Soul Child, and I grew up with Music Soul Child. Like, he used to come to my school and pick us up after school and shit. You know, you know, I grew up around, like, all of that type of stuff. So when everybody was putting on for Philly, we was downtown at Love Park, putting on for Philly, too, just on some skate shit. You know what I mean? And that's where all of the, like, the clothing and the style and all of that shit kind of come from. It's just that was the environment that Love Park provided. And for me to see DGK and Asphalt Yacht Club touch the world, like, I'm a product of that. You know what I'm saying? When, when people wear DGK or they wear Asphalt Yacht Club, and they support me, like, I feel as though, like, they support in, like, the culture of, of everything that I worked hard for. Most definitely. We worked hard as fuck at Love Park, filming, skating, chilling. Like I said, a lot of my niggas never got put on, and by the time I started DGK, I couldn't even really put on all of the niggas that I wanted to put on because there was so much kind of going against me because that was, that is what everybody thought I was going to do. Like, if you, <laughs> if you, I don't know if you remember, but when I first started, niggas was like, Oh, he's going to do an all-black company. Like, it was so much fucking stupid shit that I was like, my thing is, like, I wanted to prove people wrong. Right. Like, I get a kind of kick kick out of that. It's a lot that comes with that. But like I said, all of the work that me, Josh, Jason, John Puka, Terrence, Rasul, uh, Zeb, Nino, even Ryan G, to all my homies that, like, some of them died, some of them still around, my homie Farrell even Aztec, booze, like a lot of people, like nobody really got put on like that. You know what I'm saying? It was really just like me and Josh. So like, I, that's why I worked super hard, you know what I'm saying? To make sure that, you know, whatever I could do, everything that I pretty much got came from and being de been developed at Love Park. Yo. When I think about skateboarding now and trying a new trick, like I still think about doing it at Love Park. You know what I'm saying? For sure, yeah, that's the roots. Yeah, that shit like means a lot to me. Yeah, we were going to ask you, what do you think of the new guys, the Sabotage crew? Yo, man, I'm I'm so proud of those dudes. They had me in tears one night, yo. I'm actually, I was like at, at my skate shop and shit, and, and I had finally sat down and like watching this video. I was like, what the fuck is this? These niggas is killing it. Like, these niggas came to Philly and did all of this? My man was like, no, nah, this is the Philly squad. My homie Rasul, he was like, yo, these niggas from Philly, like, this the new blood. I'm like, this the new blood? I'm like, oh, shit, rewind that shit. Let's watch that shit. I was almost in tears, man. Like, I'm so proud of those dudes. Like, so proud of those dudes, yo. It's it's an understatement. Like, they, I don't know, man. It's, I'm, I'm, I don't even have no words. I'm just like, wow. Like, every, I watch that shit all the time. And I'm a fan of skating. So, for me to see that the tricks and how they, recreated skating love and recreated skating municipal after city hall got shut down like the tricks that they doing the style is like wow i'm i'm beyond excited like i'm i'm super proud of those dudes yeah the city's in good hands dog you're proud and happy to pass the torch to the to the next generation that's dope <clears throat> yeah and it, and if they listen to this shit they already know how philly is ain't nobody passing you shit you gotta take that shit yo. Thank you.
switch up revert definitely became like a known DGK maneuver. Keelan Dad yeah. and Wade D, like the, the your whole squad could pretty much do them. Yeah, Keelan killed it with that shit though. That was my digger. And you know what? You know what? That, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be 100 with you too on this one. What motherfuckers don't know, but once I tell you, it's gonna make sense. The switch pop shovel hangmaker ain't really nothing but a switch pop shovel nose grind half cap out, but in the air. Yo, you know what's crazy? I was gonna guess that <laughs> you were trying a switch of nose grind revert and just popped it so high that you missed the ledge and just rode away. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, my homie Farrell, because I um I had learned switch pop shit with nose grinds a long time ago, and my homie Farrell was like, "Yo, you should do that to half cab out." And I was like, the "Fuck you, me half cab out." He was like, "Yeah, you should do a half cab out. That'd be hot." And I was like, "Where?" He's like, "You should try it," and I tried it on the um. The city hall bench and i almost did it he was like yeah you can do that shit no problem and i learned that shit right there and then i had that shit in my bag of tricks for over like 20 years so I, i've been i've been doing that trick since i was like 14 you know 13 14 switch pot shit with nose grind i saw a random chris cole interview thing or i don't even know what it was and he he did one and he called it the stevie yeah people don't really know what to call it i call it a haymaker because it's kind of like you leaning all the way back to fire off on somebody like you coming back and you bring it back i don't know some weird <laughs> shit yeah andrew reynolds is fucking with it too like you know what i mean he got so many followers that he like kind of showed the kids like he kind of re reinvented it a little bit i thought that was dope like i'm a big fan of andrew reynolds so i don't know how old he is now but he just did it down that down a 10 stair like switch up reaver down a 10 stair in his new part it's crazy see now i don't have to i don't have to do it i don't got to do it no more you know what i mean <laughs> Let him carry the torch. Yeah, like, you know, like that type of shit mean a lot to me, though. You know what I'm saying? Because that lets me know, you know, that I'm appreciated, you know what I'm saying, by by skaters. And it also lets me know that, you know, my legacy can actually live on, too, with people trying tricks. Like, you know, hopefully that trick will stay in the trick, trick book, cool trick book selection for a long time, like tray flips or, you know, switch hills. But for sure, just for me to have a piece of a piece in the game really means a lot to me. You know, what no I'm saying? that's why I love skateboarding. Mm -hmm. You'll catch me doing switch of nose grind reverts for a long time. Trust me, blood. Oh, God. <laughs> Not like Stevie. Though. I was never able to do it front side half cab out, though, because it always it always go to front side crook. And I'm like, man, I don't got time for this shit, bro. <laughs> Yo, I don't know if you remember Spencer Hamilton did one. In Barcelona, yeah, and I left to drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And literally, ever since yeah. that, I've been trying it, and I can't fucking do it. It's so hard. Like, if I really wanted to do it and be like a greedy nigga, like I'm gonna do it because I want to be the first nigga to do it. Like, I would have been did mad tricks, my nigga. But I appreciate watching Spinny do it. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, not to say like, oh, I'm gonna leave some tricks in the game for niggas. I'm not talking like that. I'm saying like, I'm disciplined enough. To know, like, I appreciate watching somebody else land this trick that I know is so hard for me to do. Like, fuck it, I'm over it. Like, I'll, I'll let somebody else fucking do that shit. I hope somebody dope does it so I don't got to regret not doing it. But, you know, when I see motherfuckers like Spinny doing shit and, you know, imagine how God Mariano feel. Like, shit, that nigga, he like, he probably not did so much shit to let motherfuckers live that, you know, <laughs> shit. He's leaving, leaving crumbs on the table for everyone. Yeah, but... It's like innovative crumbs, like you know what I'm saying. Like you can have a you can have a, a a bag of trick selection, and a whole bunch of them. But all I say is, 
don't let a lot of those motherfuckers be those rollerblade ass tricks. Like, take time to work on real dope hard tricks and put them in your bag and don't waste your time on the rollerblade tricks. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the ledge dancing combos? Just the rollerblade shit, man. You know, just the over the top, unnecessary skateboarding shit. Tricks uh, I, I just, feel you, trust me. Yeah, we get you. You know. All right. So, what's up next for Stevie Williams? I'm just skating and shit. You know what I'm saying? I work pretty much every single day on Asphalt Yacht Club, yo. I don't know if people really understand that or not, but I like, I really, really do. Like, every single day, even today. You know what I'm saying? And it's an everyday process. And, you know, I get a time to skate. You know what I'm saying? I got three kids that I love with all my heart. You know what I'm saying? I get a chance to, like, be with them and relax. You know what I'm saying? And, and not take on as much. And I really, I've just been relaxing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I fell in love with skateboarding again. I got a, another training facility. And I got a lot of dope little homies out here that skate, that's into fashion, that's into music, that's into the culture, that's having integrity for the culture. And I feel like, you know, I can actually take a, a role in not just seeing these dudes progress uh, physically, but also, like, giving them some game mentally so they could you know, see the game like how, you know, a Kalis gave it to me or a Rick Howard or a Mike Carroll gave it to me or like a Rob Dyrdek or Colin McKay gave it to me, you know what I'm saying? Having the patience to really like have time to let these kids know like, you know what I'm saying? You could you can kinda do way more stuff today than you could have did than I could have did back in the day. So let me show you how to utilize this shit. You know what I'm saying? If I don't then that w- I would think that would be pretty selfish of me. So I'm, I'm like at that point in my life right now. Like, how can I give back? You know what I'm saying? I got a 12-year-old daughter that goes to school. I just took her to the Supreme store. Check this out. My daughter going to te- send me a text message. Exit me. Can I take her to the Rip and Dip pop-up shop <laughs> with Fairfax? <laughs> wow, that's I'm crazy. I'm like, the fucking Rip and Dip pop-up shop. Are you fucking shitting me? All of the asphalt shit and DGK shit I give her. She gonna ask me to go to the Rip and Dip pop up shop. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck it, let's let's go see what Rip and Dip is all about. And we went down there, and it was closed. And I was like, oh shit. Well, let's go to Supreme. You know about Supreme? Yo, her face lit up. Like, she really wanted to go to the Supreme store. To be honest, that's what I think. Yeah, but she tricked you. She didn't even know that she has no history of me with Supreme at all. She didn't even think I knew anybody at the damn store. We go into the store, you know, I know everybody, and um, they blessed her with some stickers and stuff, and I, um, I brought a bag for her and stuff like that or whatever. And she got excited, like, I didn't know you knew about Supreme. I'm like, what the what? fuck? <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, whoa. So instead of me having, like, how'd you do in school today, I'm like, let's walk to Brooklyn Projects. Like, we gonna talk about all of this. So, you know, that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm kind of paying attention to what's going on, making sure that, you know, all of my hard work don't go in vain. Making sure that I spend time with my kids, making sure I give back, making sure I keep skating and, and not putting really so much burdens and stuff and stuff on my life pretty much. That's kind of like where I'm at in life. Hey, yo, it's that time, <laughs> the time you've all been waiting for. Rapid fire with the ghost, baby. Stevie, you ready? Let's get it. Favorite skater? 
Guy Mariano. Favorite video? Pacalage. Favorite video part? Henry Sanchez Pacalage. Favorite style? Austin Gillette. Favorite trick? Switch back toe. Hardest trick for you? Switch front snake heel flips. Most illegal trick? Benny Hannes. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Uh, Kickflip nose slide in Norway. First time skating a ledge 101 with Eric Costin. I was scared as shit. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Jaws jumping off of this fucking skyscraper onto the street in Milwaukee. Landing juice of choice? Water or mini mate. Worst bunt of your career? Switchbacks and 80 nose grind on the high planner at Love Park. What's the one trick that got away? That trick right there. Favorite local brand? This brand out here is called God is Dope. Favorite local skater? My little homie Tyreek. Yeah, Tyreek Morrison. Favorite teammate ever? Marcus McBride. Worst trend? I would say that shit that Simon Woodstock was doing back in the day. Worst style? Worst style? <laughs> Let's go Simon Woodstock. Last person you want on the sesh? Oh, yeah. I mean, I am not cool with one person. This is the last person I would want around me, around my kids, around me and my homies, let alone a skate session. He already know what time it is, and it's the nigga from Menace. All right, I guess uh, the people got to do some research and figure out who that is for themselves, eh? Yeah, I mean, because it's not that big of a deal. It's just like I don't really understand why this dude chooses to, like, I guess you, I guess you got to go after the big the big fish to to make some noise. You know what I'm saying? I just really don't understand why this nigga keep taunting me like it's like you trying to set me up for something, dog. I don't know what's going on and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we feel you. All right. That's going to wrap up our interview with Stevie Williams. My man, thank you so much for uh for hitting us up and doing this. Yeah, no doubt, man. I um I hope this shit went well for you guys. Hell yeah, thank you, man. Hell yeah, thanks, Stevie. You're the man, yo. Yeah, and if I ever come up to Canada and shit, you definitely know I'm going to come check y'all out, man. For sure, dog. Hit Tur us up in the six. Turn up, bro. Status life. I know, man. Say what's up to Drake for me, yo. Uh, we'll send the message on. Don't worry. y'all so me and Stephen gotta apologize we ain't gonna be able to do the post office this week because we on the road in boston but you know with our love for sports we gonna hit you with a little rundown on the road let's kick it off don't worry we gonna answer your questions next week still you get me <laughs> all right y'all it's time for that nfl week seven recap we gonna keep it quick we're gonna bang out a couple games here the miami dolphins 28 the buffalo bills 25 and our main man, Jay Ajayi, running wild. Say, what do you got to say about your new man? Yo, mans don't know about the waiver god, eh? <laughs> Yo, I was feeling down and out after a Thursday flop. You know what I'm saying? But you know your boy had to make some drastic moves on that roster. Picked up my boy, Jay Ajayi. Threw him in the goddamn game. And your boy made NFL history. First running back to get back-to-back -back games with 200-plus yards. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, the fourth ever to do it. 
And you know what I'm saying? He was waiver trash in our league. But I turned that waiver trash into gold. You feel me? Don't ever fucking step to me. Jay Ajahi. All right. Well, this isn't a fantasy show, but uh, Safer seems to Fuck with me. Safer seems to think everyone cares about his team, which we don't. All right, moving on. The Ben Roethlisberger-less Pittsburgh Steelers hosted my New England Patriots, and they got their asses whooped. 27 to 16. Yo, for all you guys, and especially Nick Katz, who thought Martellus Bennett was going to step to the grunk, <laughs> one catch, five yards for Bennett. You know, about 100 yards and a TD for Gronk. It's all in the numbers. We out here in Boston, you know what I'm saying? Gotta pay my respects. Gronk, you a real one still, eh? <laughs> Steelers, y'all cheesing me. Y'all my team. Big Ben, get well soon still. All right, let's hit one more before we wrap this up. Philadelphia, the last undefeated team, the Minnesota Vikings, came in at 5-0. Thought they were going to have their way with the rookie Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. But the Eagles can fly, man. And you know what? 21-10 for Philly. No more undefeated teams in the NFL, say. I got nothing to say to that still. <laughs> let's go, Eagles, I guess. Yo, yo. The NBA's tipping off in one day. That's what's really good. That's what y'all got to realize still. By the time this comes out, you know what I'm saying? It's opening night, baby. Let's get it. And I'm predicting a Lakers win. And they're going to start the season 17-0 and 0 before losing to the Philadelphia 76ers. What? Nostradamus. All right. I wouldn't hold your breath waiting for those things to happen but you know like we said we on the road we're gonna have to wrap up this shortened edition of the rundown and with wrapping up the rundown that's the end of that major thanks to stevie for doing the interview say wrap this shit up man yo stevie you a real one still my tapes in the mail sending it to your spy dave i'm gonna suck up to you get some switch up nose grinds in there for bonus points and you know what i'm saying maybe that ayc box is coming my way <laughs> All right, we out. Peace. The thing is, motherfucker, who did it first, nigga? That's all that matters in my book. You got you got an answer. At, have you thought of one for worst style? You could say Safer. Nah. That's a common answer. Who? Me. Who? He's saying me. He's he's just hating you? on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like a hater, dog. Say that. <laughs> <laughs>